Hey everyone, this is Mike Andes, and you're listening to episode 155 of the Business Bootcamp Podcast. Now, today we're talking to a farmer. Yes, a farmer. And why is this going to be so important? Because many of you are in industries that are aged, and they have been around for thousands, hundreds if not thousands of years. And we're talking to a farmer today, he doesn't get much older than that. Agriculture has been here forever. And we're talking about how can we use marketing methods that are around today, social media, Facebook, all these things that we talk about in sales and website stuff. How can we use that to disrupt an aged or an old industry and take advantage of it? Before we get to that, let's thank today's episode, which is FreshBooks. And I want everyone to go to freshbooks.com slash bootcamp, and you're going to get a free 30-day trial for the software. Now, what this software does, there's some things that I haven't talked a whole lot about that FreshBooks does. And I've kind of talked on the main things like time tracking and invoicing and automatic invoicing and and all that good stuff that FreshBooks does and is very powerful about. But there's so many features that they've actually integrated into their software that I haven't even touched on. One of which is you can actually send your invoices in whatever currency you and your client prefer to work in. So like regardless of it's Canadian funds, American funds, uh, pesos, whatever type of funds you want, like this works for different types of currency, which is amazing if you're trying to ship things into other countries or if you're like me, you're right up against the Canadian border and you have Canadian clients, very powerful. And then the other thing is too, it has multi-language invoices. So if you are sending an invoice to uh, someone that doesn't primarily speak English or you know they would do better speaking Spanish or French or some other language, you can send the invoice, just click a button and send the invoice that you've created in English and make it into a different language. I think that's pretty amazing. Just one of the many things FreshBooks has done and I, and I encourage everyone out there, if you don't have a CRM or if you are disappointed or overpaying for your current software, check out freshbooks.com slash bootcamp try it out for 30 days all right so today we are going to be talking to ben ben is a farmer in north carolina uh ben actually called and you might hear me reference it uh because he's actually heading over to seattle because his father is in the hospital so heart goes out to ben and his family hope everything is doing well and we had to postpone the call a little bit because of that but I think uh, I think today's show, show will be good for everyone out there. A lot of you are in, in industries that have been around for a long, long time, whether it be plumbing, whether it be electrical, whatever it is, it's been most industries that listen to this, episode, this podcast aren't technology companies, aren't uh, AI. We're not talking about these incredibly new software and Alexa, like recent stuff that's happened after you know 2000. Most of the companies are listening to small business owners, service-based businesses, in industries that have been around for a very, very long time. And a lot of times, I just think when a com- when I think when an industry has been around for a long time, it just means that it's ripe, and I mean ripe for disruption. It's ripe for someone to take advantage of the tools that are accessible in our generation and completely disrupt and take advantage of an industry that is asleep and just primed and ready for someone to take advantage of today's marketing tools. So today we're talking to Ben from North Carolina. He has a farm. You'll hear about what that farm is, what they do, everything like that. But we're gonna be talking about several different methods and ways to disrupt a market and the different channels that you can use to cross-pollinate between different marketing opportunities. So without any further delay, Ben, North Carolina, from the farm. Here we go. I am looking to 
um, really scale up this year. I went full-time on the farm as of January of this year. Okay. Um, I was working, you know, part-time on the farm, part-time, another job. And I uh, took the leap, and I'm trying to start some new, um, some new income streams right. from the farm. Mm-hmm. Because um, I've mostly been doing farmer's markets. Yeah. Which are great, but they're also volatile, and they're also unpredictable. Right. And uh, so trying to diversify to do, get income from other ways to just to strengthen the business as a whole okay so are you kind of looking for uh, other streams of income or are you trying to like find other ways of selling the products that you have right now um like i'm like, not sure what the difference yeah okay difference. yeah sorry sorry so i mean like okay so for instance if you sell um pork are you trying to sell that pork to retailers now and and find that as a different source of income or are you trying to find completely different products or services to offer outside of what you do yeah i'm trying to find different ways to market what i've already got i'm not trying to differentiate any more than i already am okay in terms of my product line so do you do you uh so right now as far as like a distribution of what where your sales are at is it mostly going at farmers markets or is it people coming to the farm or how's how's that work right now uh it's almost 95 percent farmers markets okay Um, i've done a little bit of wholesale and there's a little bit of people coming to the farm, mm-hmm. a, little, a few drops that I'll do, but almost entirely farmers markets. Okay, I'm just looking. I'm just looking right now at your address. Like, is the farm in an area that there's any sort of traffic, or closer to like a like a city of some sort, or not really? Uh, not really. Okay. Um, I'm about 35 minutes from Chapel Hill, 35 minutes from Durham, and there's. The two closest towns are about 20 minutes away, and uh, but locally there's, I mean, I don't do any business locally okay. in terms of, like, my local hurdle mills population. Okay. So, like, you're, like, 35 minutes, you think, from most retailers, restaurants, things like that? Uh, yeah, actually, there's um, one of the farmer's markets that I do is in a town called Hillsboro, and okay. there are several upper-end restaurants in that area. Okay. And I do currently have a relationship with one of the chefs there. Okay, okay. Yeah, like, so right now, besides the farmer's markets, are you trying to sell to retailers or to restaurants or anything like that? Yeah, um, I'm starting to reach out to restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple leads, um, particularly with poultry. Yeah. I actually have a non-compete clause with pork with, the, with my previous employer. Okay. So I can't do pork with uh, any wholesalers. Okay. Um, okay. But in terms of poultry, I've been I've been reached out and um, got some leads. Um. Yeah, like 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 over here, like on the on the west coast, this is a big deal. It's kind of, I guess it kind of started several years ago, but it's becoming more and more popular. And that is really focusing for retailers, for wholesalers, for restaurants, everyone, really using it as a marketing platform to say hey we have farm fresh local uh you know meat and eggs whatever it is right and actually naming the farm and i think that's interesting because now these farms are creating brand equity even though they aren't selling direct to consumer and so like if you were a little bit closer to some sort of a populace i would say like 
you know, turn part of your barn into some sort of a retail store or like have it open one day a week and, you know, kind of make a big deal out of it for the community. Yeah. But if you're kind of far out, it, it's possible, but it's really, it'd be really slow starting. Like, I think, I think where your, your biggest option, your biggest, uh, your kind of, uh, uh, opportunity would be is to sell to smaller retailers, independent r- restaurants. I'd be trying to find if I were you like uh, restaurant chains, and when I say chains, I mean ones that maybe like have four or five restaurants. They're independently owned. Like there is an owner you could talk to or get to know or whatever. Um, and I think I think really your website is going to be a big part of that because if you start reaching out to these people and you have a web address that looks professional, that looks like you know, a very clean USDA approved, like you stress the importance of, uh, of this really being a commercial business and not just, you know, some residential farm that makes, uh, you know, on the side. And so now that you, I think, I think that you made the switch and that is like, you know, January, if you, you went full time, I think you're going to, you're going to, you're going to start seeing people, they'll respond to you. Cause like your website, when you go full time, you're going to start investing more time in that. You're going to start investing more time in marketing. And so it's gonna be, it's gonna come off. It's going to, uh, people are gonna see it. Like they're gonna be, a, a, be able to tell it, hey, this guy's invested. He's full time in this. And so that's a good thing. And I think, I think, do you have some sort of strategy that you already kind of in, have in your mind as far as reaching out to these retailers or restaurants or things like that? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, it mostly just entails. So my previous job, I used to work with a lot of chefs, and I'm just basically gonna walk in the back doors. Okay. Uh, with product in hand. Okay. So you're really going after um, the restaurants. Right. I know by first name because of my previous job. Okay. So I've got that foot in the door. Totally. And then as far as like packaging and things, have you already created that? Like for the because like because what I would suggest you doing, and, and I like the the fact that you already have kind of a foot in the door in some regard, is is if you create a brand around Dawnbreaker Farms so that literally they can put that on the menu. Uh, that like that there's power in that because then that consumer who likes the food if you can then approach a retailer and say hey you're getting all your customers they know our brand they're gonna buy our our chicken or our pork or whatever uh, off the shelves because they know it's local they ate it at so-and-so's restaurant and -and so-and-so chef said it's soup really really good better than anything else they got Um, and you're you know supporting local farms da 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 and uh, I think there's a, there's a huge value there, and I think that's really where you're gonna see the scale is when you do get into a retailer, like a small uh, a regional uh, grocery store. But even even these larger uh, retailers, like for instance Costco, they are really getting involved with even local. Like I'm not saying you have to go to Costco; it's a big deal. But like I'm just uh, saying, like even these larger, what some people would consider like kind of out of their reach. They're really starting to uh, look for these local producers, and they're willing to pay a little bit more. And they're, the ones that are going to win, the, the local retailers are going to, the local producers that are going to win, are the ones that have created some sort of a brand around their farm or around their products or their meat or whatever. And the way you can kind of get that started is, you know, by getting in restaurants. Because as a retailer, as you know, a grocery store. The last thing they want to do is get a bunch of your meat. It sits in the fr- fridge or freezer or whatever, and it never sells through or it sells kind of mediocre. Like you want it to be where when you put your brand or your logo on a chicken or you know some sort of packaging that the people who are going through that store are going to recognize it. 
and yeah. by having it in the restaurants is a great idea. I just, if I were you, I wouldn't try to just be their pro- producer for chicken. I would be a brand of Dawn Breaker Farms chicken or whatever, however you want to yeah. you know make that, so that when they will put it like 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 for instance, um, in our area, there's a couple really good uh, farms that have really taken this concept and. You know, Stony. There's a couple we know like called Stony Ridge. There's um, uh, Applewood, and so like when you go into stores now, instead of just putting you know Johnna Gold apples, now you see on the store that says you know Applewood Johnna Gold apples. Um, and because sure. people say, oh, I know, or uh, Bellwood Acres is another one. Bellwood Acres, like, hey, I've been there. I know that I've drove past that place. I know it's local, and they'll buy that over any other you know just random John of Gold Apple. And so I think there's there's definitely opportunity for farmers. I think this is an interesting topic really as far as farmers really thinking of this as a business move and a branding move and and really being able to leverage that going from, you know, a restaurant to a retailer or vice versa. Like you can play that game backwards by the way. Like you can go after retailers first, put it inside the stores, have it packaged with your logo on it. It says your name and then when they go to the restaurant they're now asking, do you have Dawnbreaker Farms poultry, or do you have these? And so, like, if you get a following, like I saw, you, you have quite a bit of, you know, some Facebook fans and things like that. Like, if you get enough people seeing your brand, and you know, you have some sort of a following, you can call on your people to then work for you. And what I mean by that is, like, they will literally go to the the grocery store that they shop at and say, hey, can you get some of this poultry? Can you get this type of pork in your store and I promise you if a store manager gets four or five people asking for a specific product they're gonna get really curious and so oh, yeah. I, I would if I were you I, I would just focus like I like exact like I don't think as far as strategy you need a whole lot of help I would just focus on really trying to create a, a brand in Dawnbreaker Farms create a good logo you know spend you know fifty dollars getting a freelancer online to you know make a good logo for you have something that's gonna stand out that's that, you know conveys your good food raised right kind of theory and process and things like that and so um i think my my really my only advice and in, in, is to you is like make sure that you get some sort of brand equity out of it and that you're not just a producer of meat or a producer of you know some sort of good that you for instance like the uh the difference between if you go on amazon you can buy uh, a roller like a exercise roller um for like uh three or four dollars made by Amazon or you can spend for almost the exact same thing you can spend forty dollars but it's from Reebok or it's from Nike or it's from you know and it's because they've created brand equity they have the exact same product but people will buy it and they're willing to pay much more money because there's some sort of brand there's a story behind it and so I just focus on not trying to be the producer of the of the uh of the, of the exercise ball i'd be uh, of the exercise roller i'd be focused on trying to be the brand the story uh that conveys why you're so much worth so much more sure yeah that's actually um i mean after listening to your show and some other things and doing some reading on marketing that's one thing i've really been trying to push um you know since i became full-time on the farm is being able to take a step back and focus on not just getting by, mm-hmm. but really narrowing down on what makes Dawnbreaker Farms different, right? and, you know, marketing in such a way. Yeah, like, honest, yeah, like, honestly, if you were able to get into one grocery store, and 
if I were you, this is what I would do. Like, if you, because you're full time now, so you probably have a little bit of time to do some of this stuff. And that one of the things I would suggest doing is set up a booth there, set up like a little table with a, a, a spread over it with a big logo of your, you know, Dog Breaker Farms. And then I would be like, not only are you, you know, maybe sampling your poultry with some dip or something like that, whatever you, 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 you know, would work good for that as far as sampling, but then. And also, you know, they're gonna be buying. You know, they'll buy it, whatever. But then I'd also be trying to point them towards like a YouTube channel or even your Facebook page, where you show like behind the scenes of how you, how everything happens at the farm. Like literally, you could start a weekly vlog of everything that happens at the farm. Everything from like new pigs being born to you know, some people want to watch the butchering of the chicken they're gonna eat. Like. You know, some people are like that would be so fascinating to them, and so like, they're. I promise you this: if someone came into a store, they saw you, they ch sampled some of your chicken. They didn't even buy the chicken, but they sampled the chicken. You told them about uh, your YouTube channel. You gave them a card with you know the YouTube address or whatever, however that works. Or you you know tell them, hey, get your phone out right now and watch this video. Or you have a laptop on the on the on the table showing something crazy or whatever. Um, and you point them to the YouTube channel, your Facebook, whatever, and then I promise you this, when they come in next time to that store and you're not there and they have the option of two different types of meat, one from Tyson and one from Dawnbreaker Farms where I saw that he, he was giving birth last week to, uh, some piglets that were coming out. Like, I promise you there's going to be brand equity that you've created and then like it's it's all how you leverage that because then you take that and you get a bunch of people loving your farm and you love loving your products. You have a little bit of leverage, and especially in a small town or a small city, where you can go to these restaurants, other retailers, and say, "Hey, we have all the success, and all the, your customers would love to have our products." And so I think the main thing is you know get the logo, get the website. I would if like videos. There's so many cool things that happen on farms that. I know it sounds stupid, but like even people like in Seattle, they've never are on a farm, <laughs> and they've 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 never seen the birth of chickens or the birth of anything. Like like they don't even none of them hardly touch chickens. Oh, yeah, totally right, exactly. So like so like um obviously in your smaller city, you know that might not be the case. However, I still think you'd be amazed. You know how many people would be interested in seeing that? Like me, like for instance, I would love to see where exactly my food's being made. Like, I, I would love that. Like, I we get farm fresh eggs and milk, and, like, w we try really try hard to get local fresh stuff. And I would love if one of those farms was like, hey, I'm not just going to give you the eggs. I'm going to, like, show you the behind the scenes. I'm going to show you the cleaning. I'm going to show you, like, everything that most people try to hide. I'm going to show it to you. And that's going to create trust with your customers. And no longer are they going to shop at Albertsons. They're going to shop at, Albertsons because they want Dawn Breaker Farms products, right? And when you create a lot of brand equity, that's when something like a retail store or some sort of uh, something on your on your farm, like you know, where they now it's an experience because they've watched, uh, you know, for a year or two years, every week a video from your farm, and now they get to have the experience of coming to your farm and buying your products right from you, and you know, seeing the pigs and seeing the chickens and seeing the the milking facilities or whatever you have that you've shown on the videos and so now you become like a destination and people are willing to drive 30 minutes to come do that yeah um and actually i'm gonna be on a, a farm tour happening this spring uh where several different farms in the area are all on the same joint tour 
Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking to use that as well to kind of embed that brand image. For sure. For sure. Yeah, like I'd just be, you know, I'd be trying to tell your story too. Like, uh, you talk, uh, you, you can br mix in. If you do YouTube or you do Facebook video or however you want to do that, um, you already have a fa following on Facebook, so putting videos on there, you're probably gonna better reception. YouTube, you can you create a channel, so it's kind of nice. But like, what I'm saying, all I'm saying is like, I think, I think that that's the, the way you're gonna create the brand locally, it, and uh, I, I think people fail to like all the things that you think are you know every day that you do I think people fail to see how interesting that is to a lot of people and I think it creates so much trust when you show the behind the scenes like for instance our our landscaping business most people don't show the behind the scenes of like how people how we generate invoices and how we create estimates and uh, the behind the scenes in the office and how we like so when we show that to people it creates trust and they're like this is the bottom line when it comes to a, a consumer making a decision there's one one decision they have either buy your product or someone else's and that that's what it comes down to and so if you've been able to create some sort of trust or some create some sort of relationship with them whether it be emotional level because they watch piglets being born or whether it's uh, because your chicken was the best they've ever tasted whatever that relationship is if you're able to create that with them that decision of yours versus everyone else's becomes pretty easy And so I think your website's going to be a big one because a lot of like a store manager can hear from a hundred people how great your farm is, but if they go to your to your website and you know it doesn't look right, so like I think the logo is important. I think the website's important. I think video you could kill it and really like that's a long term game. By the way, you're not going to make that and in six months be having retailers not you know coming rushing down your door. But like I think that you know a couple years you will be able to create a following enough to where when you post saying, hey, go to Albertsons on the corner of 4th Street and tell the store manager that you want to see our product, and out of the thousand people that are following you, five of them do it, you're probably going to get a phone call from that store manager. Sure. And so I think that's, that's kind of like the long-term game, and if you're able to spend a couple hours a week creating the video or creating the content, taking the pictures, getting a following uh, that – like I said, it takes a few people to go into a store. Like people realize this, but like like local retailers and even these big like Costco's, they're more and more they actually have a percentage of their produce and and their meat and things, especially that has to be they're regulated or their company has like policy to have a percentage of that being local farmers. And so I think there's huge opportunity. And if there's any sort of competition, the one that's gonna win, the, the farmer that's gonna win is the one that has some sort of a brand. Mm -hmm. Because Absolutely. because because the, the the grocery store isn't gonna put Dawnbreaker Farms on there if when a consumer then goes searches Dawnbreaker Farms, if it isn't representative of that grocery store, if they don't think it you're professional enough or there's not it's not clean enough or it doesn't look like it's USDA approved or whatever, like then the grocery store is just gonna put, you know, poultry they're not going to put dawn breaker farms chickens or whatever you want right and so i'd be really interested if i was you to make sure you kind of try to get some brand equity instead of just being a producer absolutely yeah i totally agree with that is there anything else that you kind of are thinking about right now because i know like you've gone you know going full time into a farm is that's a huge step so i know you you've got all sorts of stuff on your hands now 
Yeah, I mean, wholesale is one one element of it. Right. But uh, another element, because your margins on poultry actually are pretty slim. Okay. Um, and so, like, I, I, I'm approaching wholesalers as an opportunity to, one, build that brand image and also to just be able to scale. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there's a tremendous amount of scaling involved with poultry to get your price down. Um, the other avenue is, is um, what's called a buying club, yeah. which would be similar to a CSA. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So people can order exactly what they want. I have an online platform for that. Right. And, uh, you know. And guess what? I totally like. I think if you had, if you create, like, this is this is this is the amazing part. Like things like farming, industries like farming that are ancient and, and like been here for thousands of years can be disrupted by things like Facebook, YouTube, and social media. Because this is the thing: if you have a following on those those, like this, this is the thing. So like CSAs and all this. Like I, I I'm familiar with this. Love it. Like huge fan. I think everyone should do it. And like the uh, the thing is, if I had a, a, an option, and we in our area we're lucky to have quite a few options for these type of farm uh, agreements and like uh, programs, which is awesome, where people get farm fresh food and stuff like that. I think it's great. We have quite a few options. This is the thing: if I was able to see, this is what it comes down down to. If I was able to see videos or pictures and really get to know that farm, I would choose that one over all the other ones. And so I think oh, yeah. I think if you create a following, what like this is the thing like you can go you can have you on a farm you have so much scale like uh, such a wide variety of where you can go after after demographic. What I mean by that is like you have everything from cute pictures that happen to like really cool sunsets and nice pictures landscape stuff. You have really cute pictures of your kids like I've, I'm looking at some of them or like someone whoever that is and like yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, and so like you, there's so many ways to take pictures and videos and create content, oh, yeah, great. and there's so many opportunities that you can create a following and then cash in on the following by offering one of the, these programs, like where they get a chicken a month or whatever, however you want to set that up, and you're not regulated by a retailer or a restaurant or even another like a, a some group, a CSA or whatever. Like you have complete control because you've created the audience, you've created the channel, you cre- you dictate the, the the distribution, the pricing, everything, and that like even with what what you got right now, the three hundred followers, there's opportunity to cash in on twenty of those people that want you know farm fresh eggs or whatever every single week, right? And mm-hmm. and th- that's a whole business in and of itself that if you created enough of a following. That 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 everyone in your city, when they think of farm, like like just right now, when I th- thought about farms, I was able to name two or three. That's because they've created yep. a brand. If you can be do the, if you can be that farm, the one that everyone thinks of, that 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 is extremely powerful because now you can get them on your social media, then pitch them on this program that you've created that you can completely control from right from production to selling it to the, the consumer and make really good margins like that's a complete entire business in and of itself yep and you get it and it's the same thing this, this, is, this is the great thing about food that i like is it's so cross distributional and that, what i mean by that is like if you get a really good network of people coming like a hundred people every week coming to your farm picking up their package of goods that they've paid for on a subscription basis a hundred of those people 
I guarantee you that you can get half of those people, like I said, to go ask a store manager to get your product in their store because they don't want to have to drive all the way up to your farm every week. But they'll do it because they love you so much. Um, exactly. Right? And same thing with restaurants. That's the great thing about food. Exactly. It totally about, is. You know, having that brand image and that relationship. I mean, yep. the person growing your food, that's a very powerful relationship. Exactly. Totally. And so I think if you can create the brand, the relationship, and there's, like I said, there's no right or wrong way to start this. I just think that you've got to create the brand so regardless of whether you go after restaurants or retailers or you go CSA and you go individual and, and more to direct to consumer, right, right, right to the hands of the, the people eating the food, regardless of which channel you go, I think if you create the brand, like that's the main thing, then you're able to cross-pollinate, like go from one to the other, to the retailer, to the restaurant, to the consumer, and that's where you're going to start seeing results. And like the Bellwood Acres, for instance, the farm, they're, sell they're, they're retiring right now, and they're selling it for like $15 million, and the reason they are is because it's, it's a brand. Like everyone in our yeah. county knows Bellwood Acres. They know they have really good um, uh, apples, and they know that they have really good uh, a distillery there, and they make wine and stuff like that from the apples and all that. Like everyone knows it, and it's because they've created brand. Now there's probably a hundred farms within ten miles of us. Like we have a whole in Linden. There's tons of farms, um, and and it's a big thing here. But like, I only know a few. And so I, the reason it is is because they've created a brand. And so that's what I'd focus on, and there's so many ways to take it. There's no right or wrong. I just, I just sincerely believe, especially in farming and these industries that have not been uh, really – like they're not thought of as like technologically advanced in some regard or like they, they seem like older – like even landscaping, like what I'm in, like most people, most the loaners are a little bit older, not really tech savvy, not really into like systems and social media and websites and SEO. And so when you are, you have such an advantage and to get oh, ahead yeah. faster. And so I think you're on the right track. You know what you're doing. And I just, the only thing I'd be telling you is just try to create a brand instead of selling a whole bunch of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah, thanks for, uh, I mean, that's kind of been the path I've been going down, so thanks for reinforcing that and and uh, reminding me that that's really what what I need to do, and I think that's actually where most farms fail is mm -hmm. they don't focus on, you know, building that brand image and focusing on the business. They focus too much on the production side of it, mm -hmm. which is really the easy part. Right. The right. hard part is being a business. That's true. Totally, so, totally. Yeah, most most small businesses fail because they they fail at the numbers and they fail at the marketing. They don't. It's not because they're a bad contractor or a bad farmer, yeah. right? It's like they're probably the best. <laughs> they probably love their work so much and they're really good at it, but they just fail to on the numbers side of things. And unfortunately, if you don't get the business part down, you just can't do what you love anymore. And so that's you know why we do what we do, I guess. All right, Ben. Well, let's yeah. stay in touch, and then, Thank like, when so yeah, when you're done your website, maybe just send me the link or send me a reminder. I'll take a look at it. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much, Mike, for taking the time. Not a problem, Ben. We'll keep you in your prayers for your dad and things. Yeah.